forever. Dog. I know we, so off record, we made, uh, James and I low-key made fun of Braylock because um, Braylock, you know, went to NYU but had only studied fences. <laughs> yeah, only... <laughs> Wait, for real, are we gonna put... <laughs> Wait, are we gonna put NYU on blast right now for only being... T- they should, they should. I'm not yeah. about to just go at them. Like, my school, we didn't study a lot of black playwrights either. The only reason I think I... It might be racist. No, I'm saying that loud. I think the only reason I knew about black playwrights because I had a teacher who was from London. I think I told you guys about this. She didn't like the way I spoke. So during our after class diction yeah. mm-hmm. lessons, um, she would give me different like plays to read, and they would be, yo, they would be black only plays. Now I'm thinking about it. So I knew a little bit, but it wasn't like we studied them in class either. So I think I knew as much as Brayden. Yeah. And 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 if I'm being honest, we we probably didn't either. Right. I have just been such a big fan of specifically August Wilson and like no and knowing that you like need to you sort of always need to like seek out whatever black right. plays you can because they're not going to be a part of the <laughs> curriculum most of the time. Did you ever do a scene from this play, James? Uh no. I never did a scene from My Rainy. And I was trying to remember if I had seen My Rainy cuz I knew the when they when they finally go to the recording studio, I like leaned to Kat and I was like, "Now they're in the set. Like this is what the set would look like." And then she was like, "Oh, have you seen it?" And I was like, no, I don't think so. Like, I don't know why I knew that that, <laughs> like, that was the set, but then maybe I have, and I just I can't remember. Um, but I've definitely read it. How many plays have you seen of August Wilson? Um, I would say half. I know I haven't seen of of the later ones. I had only seen like Radio Golf, which is the the last one. But I hadn't seen like Jim of the Ocean, and I hadn't seen. One. It's just so depressing when I think about. I definitely could have seeked it out more. I actually did take. In, like African American theater class, but we didn't talk about August Wilson much. That there was like insane. all these, there was all these <laughs> other plays that I read. There was a play where all the black people like stop working in America for a day. Oh, um, a day of absence? No, yeah, or something like that. Sounds that day sounds of absence right. isn't stop working. They just aren't there. They aren't around. They, there they are no black around. people. Like where are the black people? Right. I think the only playwright I knew is Gerges Black. He's uh, Steve Bradley Gerges. Right? Yeah, like that's who I knew. That um, he he wrote he wrote Motherfucker with the right. Hat and um, Jesus Hop the A Train. I think he's he's Egyptian. Yes. Okay. Yes. Egyptian Egyptian father. Yeah. Wow. I I didn't know that. I've met Gerges. He's very nice. Oh really? Um, oh yeah. Um, Anna Devita. So she's half black as well. Wait. Time out. All these. Playwrights half black. All right, this is the thing that's very sad about this. <laughs> All right, this is the, okay. This is the thing. We're, we're out we're here like it's a tricky territory. Yeah, I already feel it. No, no, no. It, it's like no. no, no. I mean, I, I, are we saying? Are you trying to figure out the names of black playwrights? I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, just Hall, to, I'm trying to figure out who's black. Okay. Um, Susan Laurie Parks. I mean, there's a bunch of black playwrights. I think I'm sad because. I don't know that many, and I went and studied theater for like four years. When I even think about my theater classes, like. Black playwrights did not come up. Lynnottage. Yeah. That's you have to crazy. like seek them out. Like I had to take a class. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you had to look for a scene from a black play. Like it would it would it wouldn't be assigned to you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like even the fences scene that I did, Fred Nick Walker, who's been on the podcast, like 
we did a scene from Fences, but it wasn't assigned to us. We like, yeah, <laughs> you know, they were like, oh, you could partner up with somebody and do a scene. You know, they had to approve it, mm-hmm. but we went and to do it, you know, like. But that's also because NYU is like five percent black. <laughs> I mean, but, but to me, but to me, that's even more important part. Like to me, it's even if your your population is very few, I feel like it's even more important to teach like black playwrights because they're like these white kids. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you should right. learn about art. And it's one of those things where, you know, if you go to a PWI, uh, predominantly white institution, it feels like that should be a part of the curriculum. I feel like I've learned so much about white playwrights. I know so much. I guess my thing is, when does the culture actually get to mix if we don't include a lot of the cultures, at least here yeah. in America? I mean, I, mean? I would hope that... Especially, especially just thinking about the state of theater in New York, how I would feel like theater in New York, at least the, you know, the off-Broadway companies would like always do like one or two black plays a a year and, and, you know, and, and, and Asian and, you know, and just sort of all, you know, all uh, different cultures because of New York. I would hope, I would hope that like theater curriculums now are more diverse than they were when Mm. we you know, than when we were in school. I would hope. Do you actually think that's true? Because like, I just, and not even just, not even just the acting conservatories, it should be like the high schools, right? Like where you read plays in high school, you read. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I read Fences in high school. Fences. Oh, that was good. It was, and it was at, it was a part of my school. Now my school was a performing arts school, you know, and I think I read it in like an acting class or something. Okay. But, um, well, at least but, that. Yeah, yeah. But I, still, like, even in public schools, you read, you know, you read Shakespeare, you read Arthur Miller. <laughs> yeah, you have, everyone has to read, like... <laughs> yeah, you have to yeah. read, like, certain plays. Like, you should... Desire should, Under the Elms and... <laughs> they should teach people August Wilson, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. At least, at the very, at the very least, you know? Mm-hmm. The only play we actually studied, and they were going to do a play... Um, of it, but there was only one black kid in the theater program, which was this Negro here. So they 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 didn't do it. Was um a raisin in the sun? They were like, we should do a raisin in the sun. That's right. We did read but, a raisin in the sun. Like that was the one, and they were like, we can was, open it up is, to kids. Yeah, that is yeah. the one. Ugh. That is the one. That's the one that everyone knows. Yeah, because it was it was like huge. <laughs> that's, the to- that's, that's the token play. The token black play. Yeah, <laughs> that is the token black play. I mean, I think if it wasn't for Denzel right now, I feel like Denzel has made it like his life's mission to produce August Wilson's plays. And I think that has helped like push him a little bit to the forefront. Um, I think he's doing all of them on Netflix. I think. I is, think that, is that happening? I, the, the thing that I was thinking the whole time I was watching this was it was a, he had a deal with like HBO to produce all of them. Oh, it was HBO. Sorry. sorry, sorry yeah. Sorry, sorry, and sorry, I was sorry. like, is this a part of that? Like what? But it's on Netflix, you know? Yeah. I'm um, not sure now. So, but it's probably still happening. And I, I don't know what the details are. I, I refuse to actually look it up. But <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, James. You'll get that audition for one of them. You know what I, no, I won't. Are you, you kidding? No, I won't. <laughs> my. my Right. I was just thinking about this. I've been waiting to be in my 30s because there are like no young black men in August Wilson's plays. All of his characters like start. They're like born oh, right. thir- in their 30s. Hilarious. <laughs> like, they're like all. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's true. And, 
and I'm now finally old. You know, except for like Corey and Fences, I'm now, now finally old enough. Now to play. that there's no theater left, you're finally yeah. old enough. <laughs> finally old. Now, now wow. that theater has been scourged from the earth by COVID, <laughs> wow. you're finally old enough. Now that yep. Broadway has literally been shut down <laughs> this entire year. And, wow and theaters are it's true it's true the what my the one my Man. life's dream oh my god been, bro honestly oh my god. I, 2020 could kiss my rainy's black bottom man <laughs> i just i hate 2020 dude i'm just saying dude 2020 could just pucker up and kiss my rainy's black bottom. Stop, stop <laughs> casually working it into this conversation. Like, uh, that's what you would say. It's not what you would say. You know, it's not what you would whatever, say. Whatever, James. If you don't like it, you can kiss my rainy black bottom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> that, that was good. That was good. <laughs> Let's start the show. <laughs> Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drop Milligan, What more can I say? Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. You've seen the rest. Now I'm gonna show you the best. My rainy's gonna show you her black. Okay. Oh, I thought uh, you were going to do the actual stutter. No, nope, you... was not going to do the stutter. I, not actually, me, I, not thought, you were gonna, I thought you were going to do um, a one, <laughs> not me. a two. Not a, <laughs> you know what I know, that was the do. other one. That was the, that was the other a one, one. But, two, but Bray uh, can do that later do. when it's time to do the cause, obviously. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Obviously going to say a one, a two. Damn. Damn. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, I like that. I like that. Wow, that's that's pretty great. That's this that's is this great. is this is a very this is a, a great episode, but also a very sad one, man. It you is. Know what I mean? Like I like yeah. This was a you man. I get it. Well, we're we're gonna get into it, man. We're gonna get into it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, the the man who delivered that hilarious cold open oh tra- wow. segue is it, it, speaking to you right now. His name, my name, is Jonathan Braylock. <laughs> <laughs> I I, wa- I almost committed to the third person thing, but I did, I couldn't do it. It just sounds so weird. I didn't like. I'm really looking at him, and I'm like, I don't want to go after this. But anyway, uh, this is Gerard Milligan, and this is James the Third. Wow, yeah. Braylock, y'all you know don't know bad. about y'all don't know about Braylock. <laughs> <laughs> Just I'm gonna here. talk in August Wilson voice for the rest of this. Book. Ooh, what is I that? I feel like there's a voice that you have to adopt if you're gonna do it. It's like you know you kind of ha- you're you're kind of speaking with there's like a little bit of something to how you speak. You know is what I'm that, talking is about? That right? Yeah, you know you had like a little oh. bit of something going on with the way that you speak. James, I don't when know. You're if... August Wilson. I don't, I don't know. know My man it. said a one, a two. You don't know what to do. Like, he sounded smooth <laughs> as hell. What movie? What play? What was you watching, brother? You know, you got to have a little bit of... My man yeah, said man. a one, a two, and you know what to <laughs> like, do. I, like, like that Coleman shit Domingo, sounded... another black playwright. Who? The guy who's played that part. <laughs> He's a playwright? Yes. Well, he has written plays. Oh, and he's I, also an actor. I mean, we've seen him in a million things. I mean, it's so funny because I just started noticing him... I think when we all went to that um, uh, 
uh, screening of Bill Street. And he mm-hmm. was there and he played the dad. And I was like, I, I think I saw him on, was he on The Walking Dead? He might, I think he was on The yeah, Walking see, Dead too. Uh, or, or Fear the Walking Fear Dead, the Walking I'm not Dead. sure. But he was, on, he was on one of the... He, I never he watched was on Fear the Walking Dead. Bray? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yes. Just in case we just in case I get an audition for him, I'm not gonna say nothing. But you can I'm see me. I'm talking about August Wilson, but this is my August. Every time I went into an audition for an August Wilson, <laughs> James, show. you did not do that every. This what? was the boys that I had. Are you? Are you a pimp? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, Ma Rainey's okay. black bottom. Listen. Uh, we are a film review podcast. We review yeah. films. Wow, of- we just now getting to this? <laughs> Leading black actors who talk about that in the context of race and diversity in Hollywood. And today we are reviewing the 2020 Netflix film Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, an adaption of uh, <clears throat> a play by August Wilson. This stars Viola Ooh. Davis, Ooh. Chadwick Boseman, the late and great Chadwick Boseman. Wow. Uh, Glenn Turman, who's been in so many, I mean, everything. Yeah, everything, dude. He, he really everything. isn't everything. Um, and then, okay, yeah. So the guy who plays Culture uh, is Coleman Domingo. That's who you were talking about. And then Michael Potts, mm-hmm. who also looked familiar. Another stuff, too. Let's oh, see. okay. Taylor, pa- I was like, what did I recognize Taylor Page from? She was in White Boy Rick, <laughs> and I did see that movie. Yes. Oh, she's also, she's also, man, it sucks so many movies didn't come out this year. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but like a few years ago, there was this big Twitter thread. Um, they called it the Zola Chronicles. It was like this black. Uh, stripper who told the story about how she linked up with this white stripper and it was like her dumb boyfriend and it was like a huge thread and then it got adapted into a movie and it I think it premiered at Sundance this year or one of the festivals. It didn't come out yet, but she plays the lead in it. So she's going to have a... That's like going to be such a fun movie when it comes out. Um, it. But she's the lead in that. Oh, this has a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, 81% Ooh. audience score, which makes sense. It's a play. People always get weird by play. Like some people just can't handle movies as play, plays as movies. Some people just uh, don't like that. Yeah, which is the not director, me. I, just, I always like. I almost always like them. The direct. <laughs> I just wanted to say the director and writer of this also black playwrights Joyce Wolf and Ruben Santiago Hudson. Amazing. Um, and it obviously doesn't have a box office because it was part of uh, Netflix. I don't know how well it's doing on Netflix. I yeah, it was number it was, one. Yeah. Oh, it was number one? Okay. When I looked at it last night, it was number one. Um, let's see if it's number one still. Um, I mean, is this, everyone's no- uh, I don't is everyone's number it. one's Aww. the same, by the way? Do we do we know that? The US number one, I think, okay. is. I mean, come on, man. You know the rules of the algorithm don't ask questions, Bray. <laughs> the but, rules uh, of the algorithm. It says the they US don't do number anything. One. <laughs> Initial thoughts? I, I can start. Because yeah, I don't have Ahead, I don't want to talk Bray about Lock. it. This was, I mean, I, for someone who I've never seen the play or read the play, um, you know, I will say I am biased. I love play movies. Like, I love movies that just allow actors to, like, actually act. <laughs> and, like, yeah. the movie is, like, yeah. carried by the actors, um, especially when the actors are very good. And this movie has very good actors acting incredibly. Mm-hmm. I was riveted the whole time. I it, there was like there's a tension that like Chadwick's characters brings like from the get go that you're like, oh man, you know. But like it's a really good like pull in pull out like ease, like this flow that's happening that 
that like lets it come come and go. Um, I mean, Viola Davis is is incredible <laughs> as Ma Rainey. Um, the points, you know, that I assume are also in the in the play are still true today, and it's crazy because this film is what based in nineteen twenties. In 1927. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sure written in like the 60s, maybe? 82. Oh, okay, 82. But still, like, it, it was like, I thought this movie was incredible. I don't know. I don't have too much to say. I, I'm like excited to talk about the different parts of it. I thought the directing was really good because, again, it's hard to make movies that don't have many places to go engaging. And I thought he did a really good job. Like, I felt like everything felt natural. The choreography felt pretty natural. Like, um, I really liked how he like established Viola Davis, you know, which I, I think the play, you know, and I don't think it was like in the play, her going in the car with her cousin. Maybe it was. I don't know. I don't know if you know, James. I, I believe that the, all of the play takes place inside of the... Um, in the recording studio. In the recording studio. So like, and there might be like separate s- spots, right? Like the, where the where the producers are and then where they're, you know. Right. But um, her, so. like, coming out of the hotel, going in the car, all those people looking at her, that felt yeah, like... Yeah, all of that stuff, I think, is... is was added. Uh, is added stuff, yeah. Yeah, which I which I liked. It really... It, it did a great job. And, like, even the end, which I'm pretty sure was added, too, of, like... Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's not that's not in it. Yeah, yeah. The way people say that, I was like, that's. It was just like such a perfect way to end. It was like absolutely, of course. Like you knew it when that guy took away the papers. You were like, that dude is stealing that music. Like mm-hmm. he's not giving it to yeah. him back. Like that dude is screwed. It was good. I really liked it. Yeah, I mean, I'll also just say quickly. Um, I thought it was great. I couldn't believe that it was ninety minutes. Cat and I kept saying this is going to be 90 minutes. <laughs> like we just couldn't believe the Like a typical outing to an August Wilson, anything you're like, okay, this is going to be four hours of my day. And I'm going <laughs> to sit here and see a bunch of beautiful speeches. And, uh, you know, but like, I thought they did a really great job of, of keeping the story intact and like, and telling it in a cinematic and visual way, you know, whereas like, I, I don't think this had, as much of what we talked about with fences of like the, and now we're just going to sit in this scene and be in this scene and it's going to feel like we're at a, at a play Uh, that didn't happen as much. It did happen obviously because of the, the nature of the material, but um, I thought they did a great job of figuring out how to, you know, how to break it up and how to, and how to come up with excuses for, for changes of scenery and, and, and stuff like that. Um, the acting was just superb. And I thought that it was very well directed, loved the speeches, especially Levy's really big speech, um, you know, about the white, uh, the, the white man speech in his history mm. there was, was so Man. good. Ugh. Um, he had two great speeches. Uh, and yeah. And they, and <laughs> the like scene of like <laughs> the scene of like them just showing Levy, clearly trying to upstage Ma Rainey, I thought was a nice touch as well. I don't know if that's something that like just comes out in dialogue, but I don't think that's on the page in the, uh, in the play. At least that's not how the play starts or or, or anything. Um, so I thought that that stuff was really cool and, 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 and interesting. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was, thought it was really good. It's so funny because I think I am one of the people that it's hard for me to watch a play right. that is filmed 
because I get distracted by the dialogue and the lack of location right. changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it does take me out a little bit, but then, you know, once you adjust to be like, yo, this is just what this is, um, it helps a little bit more, but it, it was tough at first. Cause that was my only fault with fences. It was like, I get that it was a play, but I was so tired of that goddamn house <laughs> after a while and the backyard. I was like, ah, God, I get it. But I'm like, ah, um, but also it makes it cost effective. Chadwick, man, one, I had never knew anything about this. It's funny because it's called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, but this play is kind of like Levy yeah, is equally right. as important or maybe he's definitely in more scenes. Yeah. Than Ma Rainey, which I didn't mm-hmm. know. I, I I mean, I didn't know anything about it. So it's like you, like he has the the story arc, um, if you will, um, very tragic as it, as it may. But uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think we always talk about like the Oscars and like you know when someone gets nominated, what what part they're going to show for like this is you know blah 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 scene, and then like he had so many parts in this movie. I mean, aside, he had two good monologues. Um, of course, the one about um, why he doesn't fear the white man and like what the white man has done to him. Then it was something later, the and God. I'm blanking on exactly uh, what it was. Now, yes, the God one. Oh my gosh, the yeah. God one was so Very, powerful. Yeah. Um, that was probably. Oh yeah. my goodness! And then, woo! Because to me, that that th- this play again, I never I never knew about it, but this play touched on so much stuff that I've heard, like the elder Southerners of my family talk about, like you know. Again, I brought it up like we have deacons, we have, you know, pastors, but we also have the ones who are like, but why didn't they stop this from happening? So I've heard this back and forth before. So to see it on screen, I was like, oh, damn, great. I'm not going to lie to you. This was so hard because I've never been a person to feel any type of sorrow for when a celebrity passes. But some reason watching Chadwick, it was every part of it was tough. It was like the fact that he will for sure and deservingly get an Oscar nomination. He probably will win. And what makes me really sad is, is that this man won't be here to accept his own award. It's, it, and he was a black, you know, I'm sorry, man, this dude was a black American dude, went to an HBCU. Like everything about him felt like one of us. You know what I mean? Like when I think about Denzel, Denzel was a black dude from Mount Vernon who did it. You know what I'm saying? Sam Jackson, black dude. Went to like a HBCU. Went to went to um, Morehouse. Uh, uh, Morehouse. Yeah. Morehouse did it. Had a stutter. Overcame it. You know what I mean? Wasn't considered an other outside of his race. You know what I mean? And they they did it. And Chavik was like the new version of that. And then we lost him. And he did so much. And then to watch this movie, it was just like to hear his speech about like Levy. It felt so black and so american and so embittered and so much that like our ancestors dealt with that bullshit even i was it the, the black man today got out of prison um after what 19 years because they accused him of raising I mean, raping a white woman when he was trying to help her and you know what i'm saying it's like this shit is insane guys i i liked it a lot i mean the performances were great <laughs> it was great yeah i, I it was, it's just so sad yeah, I know. man it's it's wild to think <laughs> i know i like literally as i turned the movie on i was like i can't believe he's gone it's like what a year man this year was crazy 
Um, I mean, it's it's you. I mean, this movie starts and it's like I, I don't know if you guys saw, but Netflix has like a um, a thirty minute. Well, yeah, we haven't seen it yet. We're gonna watch it. Kind of oh, thing, cool. and they talk about it, and they talk about the importance of. I think James, you're right. They they redid that opening um, to make it a little bit more grand, a little bit more big um, with Chadwick on the horn mm-hmm. and stuff like that and him outshining Ma Rainey. And to see that is so important because it is that clash I think happens sometimes. Like, you know, this black woman is trying to have agency. So basically, you know, the movie opens, it opens with like uh, Ma Rainey doing a performance like in like one of those um, backyard type situations down in Georgia. Um, and as she's performing, you know, Chadwick's levy tries to sh- steal the shine. But apparently this was a thing that used to happen a lot where, like, uh, the way to push yourself forward was to kind of try to, like, one-up somebody else. Like, I think, like, if you guys saw the James Brown movie, how James Brown got on is, like, he, like, ran on stage when some other artist was on break, you know, and, like, kind of forced his way into it. And it's like he... Chadwick was trying to do that again to this black woman while this black woman the whole time is trying to have a sense of urgency, but he's like, I need it too. But instead of working together, they both like, like fight each other the mm-hmm. whole time. And I was like, damn, he could have helped her out. She could have helped yeah, him out. Or even like, great. or even she might not even be fighting for agency, but like, it might even be like, is this the like end of my reign? He's like, <laughs> you know, like, is this the end of her time as, you know, on top? Her like, reign. Yeah, it is. It, it it was. They said she was. Um, there was another famous singer at the time that was kind of taking over. But they, oh yeah, who they, bring, yes. who they bring up in the in the show, and she's right. like Bessie, who right. she like, yeah. Could, yeah. But they but they said that. But they said if he if she didn't again Monday quarterbacking is like if she would have actually listened to some of the things Levy said. Like Levy was a part of that quote unquote like new idea, which Bessie was a part of. So like Ma Rainey could have had the opportunity to ride that wave as well, but she was stuck like in the past fighting whatever. And then he was too aggressive and wasn't listening to her either and being disrespectful. So it's kind of you know. Yeah. I loved when she was just talking about how like nobody cares about her like (laughs) like they're just using her and like and this is the thing in fences i mean it was it was it was here too where you saw the dynamic between uh black men and black women women and and it's like you see the oppression that happens like a white like white men oppressing black men and also oppressing black women and then, but then black men turning the oppression that's happening to them and then going and oppressing black women. The levy wasn't appreciative of the fact that he was here. Like, he wasn't like, oh, Ma helped me get to this place. You know what I mean? He was like, oh, uh, she doesn't, I, my music is best and she doesn't understand. And she doesn't know. And I'm going to show her and this and that, you know. So it was very mm-hmm. confrontational from the jump and then there's there's a whole like i guess love triangle kind of going that if august wilson would be in our time i think he would or i would hope he would um have fill out the the his female characters more because i do think like he gives his male characters more more things to work with that said ma rainey has like i mean the viola makes the most of every scene that she has and you totally understand where this woman is coming from and like 
where it's easy to go like, oh, she's like so um, uh, abrasive and, and you know, uh, unaccommodating and and is like de- demanding and this and that. And then you when when you have her when she gives her speech about how they're just using her and once they get her voice on the recording, they'll have no more use for her anymore. Like, I think she said, like a yeah. like a man like putting on his pants, like with the whore on the bed or something like that. Like, it, and I was just like, damn, yeah. like, but it was like that's so so real. Like, it's like we are. So she's like, I'm gonna milk this them needing me for everything I got like right now because I know it's gonna come to an end. The thing about this movie is tough. Is that I'll be honest. Uh, I think the hardest part about this movie to me is that a lot of the darkness in Levy, I think, is fear that I have that I'm capable of, like that resentment buildup. Like there is such a justification, I think, for black men, especially him in his case, of why he acts a certain kind of way. And I do think the belief that he has is one that is given to black people all the time. It's like, if you work, if you're talented, you work really hard, you will get the thing. And that is not always the case. It's just not like you will, you still can have your story stolen from you. You still have to deal with a white person. who either going to help or not help. You know what I mean? And I think when you watch him and how he moves, especially from the very beginning, when like we see him, he buys his new pair of shoes, you know, he he's confident, he's happy, you know, like he has this, record producer who's like i can help you get a band i love the music keep sending me more music by this point i think he's given this guy three or four songs already as enthusiastic and as driven as he is and yes he is cocky but a lot of people keep trying to put him in his place and the thing is for me is i don't think people try to put white men in their place as much as they do black people black men in particular i think like again like if i go to schools i will hear people tell these kids to like you know, just take it easy, focus on whatever, whatever. But then I've also been at white schools for like stuff MTV's done. And they're like, sky's the limit, little white boy who's out here. Like there's, there's literally this little white boy who's out here like, I'm going to do this. And people are like, yeah, you can. And I'm yeah. like, bruh, like we sometimes dampen ourselves, which I know people say that crap in the basket thing. So like seeing Levy was so tragic, but I think that happens to a lot of black men. You know what I mean? I think if you take it out, like Braylock said, you will take it out on black women. I think you will take it out on yourself. I think we will take it out on each other. And I also think sometimes because we're the outside world is doing so much to us, it's so hard to combat and figure out where the safe place yeah. is. You know what I mean? Like you're always on edge. Like you're always like, I, I got to do this. I got to be ready. I got to, you know. Almost because Levy is born in in the 1910s, it's, it's like, or I guess... Yeah, probably around there, or maybe maybe a yeah, little yeah. bit earlier in the aughts. Yeah. But like because he's born then, it's like he will not be able to to ascend to the to the heights that he sees for himself because black people are saying to him, "Be be in your place," because a Ma Rainey, but then b white people will never let you get anywhere, and then c the white people who he thinks are helping him to get somewhere are not. <laughs> so like because also this was the time of two things like the great migration which they touch on i think a little bit in this yeah they they showed it in the beginning my grandmother was a part of that she she moved from south carolina to dc um 
I think the reason they put in this was a little different. But I mean, for the most part, yeah, it was like factory jobs and non like field work. Um, but also this was the time of like race music, you know, as they called it. So it was like even Ma Rainey was getting screwed. It's like they all these white people in the north, which let's be real. I think people always think about like the north was a safe haven, like Chicago in particular like, was super racist. Like, again, like, if you look back to, like, Martin Luther King, a lot of people said the change that happened in him is when he moved north. And there's so many stories about, like, how they would be prepared for racism in the south because they knew the south was a racist place, but they would get to the north and they wouldn't have the numbers of protection that they used to have they didn't think they needed it. I mean, and, you know, of course, like, you know, rumor says, you know, Martin Luther King became a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more defensive, blah, blah, blah. But, like, what happens to Ma, even in this instance, is as big as she is, she's given like 200 bucks, I think, for her record, for her music. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, she gets 200 bucks, which isn't a lot. These white dudes are making so much money off of it. They still do how this movie ends now, whereas like white people will remake a black song. I never forget the day I heard the white version of the thong song. Wait, Yo, what? It is, <laughs> yes, break, yes. <laughs> I was like, I was young and Thong Song was a hit. And I remember being like in a mall or something like that. And it was a bunch of, it was like a white cover playing in Macy's. Yes, it's like a. But like, was it, was it a the white thong versus song? song? Or was it like. No. <laughs> Pumps in the truck. Like, yo, it was, it was, it was, I've never forgotten that moment. It was just Superman easy. Let me see that. It was, I never get it done. But I, right. I don't know. That, that, uh, I not quite the saying. same as them, like, just like, not, like paying somebody $50 and then, or $5 yeah, then true, true. taking their song and making probably hundreds of thousands of dollars, about millions of dollars off of it. That's so crazy to think about. And yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. Like, he, you know, you, you get where Levy's coming from because he has these ambitions and, it's one thing for people to go like, "Hey, here are some obstacles you're you're gonna you're gonna have to overcome. Here's how to overcome them." You know, it's another thing for them to be like, "Like, oh, you're living a pipe dream. You need to set your, you know, your goals lower." You know, like that's it's not yeah, su- yeah. it's not mm-hmm. supportive. You can you can warn someone about the dangers of the world with uh, while still supporting them and and encouraging them to to chase their dreams you know but um i mean the thing that i love like you know once the play once the movie like really got underway like in the recording studio was very quickly you get like everyone's character like you Mm -hmm. know like is it cutler he yeah cutler Cutler, you know very much like like old school like you know where they're like where's ma rainey you know, he's like, I don't know about that, sir. I, I just know she told me to be here at, at one o'clock and we're here and I'm sure she'll be here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, uh, like he's supposed to be here at one o'clock too. you know, like he's just like, oh, this is how things are. I'm going to like, you know, kind of very political, like, but like black political, like, you know, like knowing when to speak and that kind of thing. And then you have like, um, uh wait who was the guy who's the philosopher toledo toledo yeah Toledo. right like uh ohio uh um, <laughs> yes like ohio <laughs> yeah <laughs> toledo Sorry. i got oh, cousins toledo. Who live in toledo um but uh yeah he he was like i loved his speech too like his like yeah, his was or great. like 
and 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 the beginning where he's like going at it with Levy and like talking about like the air and the molecules are always changing and he's like <laughs> what you, you know like he was so funny and uh, I mean yeah they all like had their their own thing and then to see them and the chemistry between them was great and like Levy's obviously the younger of of the four men and and he's like pushing it and they like see themselves in him like see some of themselves in him and they're also like also looking at him like oh this younger generation you know like kind of looking at him like a bunch of a whole other generation of black men that they don't agree with for this reason or that reason um but then i think they also have like hope because like as much like friction that was happening between him and cutler you know when Ma was like, we got to fire him. He's like, he, well, he's a good, he is a good trumpet player. Like, you know, he's yeah. got, he's got, and he writes good music. Like, and you're like, like when that, when he said that, I was like, whoa, wait, <laughs> he likes yeah. him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, but it's it, like, you're like, what, where was this? Well, because but he, they're, you know. but they're, but they're only getting on him because he's so damn cocky. It's not, it's not even so much that he, yeah, he's so, he's so cocky and he's like, he's like, it's Ma Rainey's band <laughs> and he's like yeah but my way <laughs> it's like bro yeah. this is We're li- doing that's literally version. not what you're hired <laughs> to do you're yeah. hired to you know I mean, and if and if and if one day Ma gets open to your music great because you can write good music but like don't force it <laughs> on us Ma yeah. isn't gonna like that I mean it's something funny about uh I laughed, and this is going back, I guess, to the beginning. But when Chadwick comes in with the mustard shoes, and he's super hype, and there is something, again, to a person who's never had anything to get something as silly as a pair yeah. of shoes and have it feel like the greatest thing in the world. And I know, again, as a person who buys a bunch of shoes, there is that feeling where it's like, you are seen now. Like, you have, you now have a conversation piece. You now have a little piece of confidence to go along with you. And, and those shoes become so important as the movie, I mean, yeah, as the movie progresses, because that is the last thing he has. You know what right. I mean? Like, I he before has. he had his music, you know, he had that 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 fire, that, that drive. And, and it's slowly but surely we watch it just get ripped from under him. And all he has is the shoes that he spent a whole week's pay plus $4 for that he got from Cutler. You know what I mean? Um, I mean oh yeah. my God. This felt very August Wilson, this 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 character. I mean, all of the characters, but like specifically, you know, uh, g- getting a new thing that you're really excited about that like, that you feel like defines you. That, feel, that feels very August Wilson. Yep. But then also his, uh, like his um, catchphrase of like, I- I'm going to get my band together. Like, right, like have a he, plan. Every yeah. time he, yeah, having that sort of like this this plan that is bigger than than he yeah, is, right? right? <laughs> like that he never let go, you know. And like, and we're of course only seeing him for a couple hours, literally a day of his life. But like, we know by looking at him that he's like always gonna be like, when I get my band, he's never gonna not be saying when I get my band together. You know, the band's never gonna come together. <laughs> he's never actually going to reach that the plan is too big for him and he is moving too fast for it like he he is he's already there he thinks 
he has it. And it's like, bro, you need to <laughs> you need to be a little bit more measured. You are. That is a big that idea is too big for you. Take a step back and look at how to attain it instead of feeling like you're there and you have it right now. See, it's so you funny because I think at the I think his idea is he does have, I think like he did the thing you thought you would do. You get the, you you find the producer, you find the record studio, you find the person who likes the music, who is going to pay you to bring the band. Cause that's what he's known. Like Ma Rainey gets to come up there. They pay for the band. They get to record the music. He has the songs. And he's like, I'm, I am, I am doing everything the right way. Um, and I Absolute, think sometimes. Absolutely. But, but he has blinders. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's having sex with Ma with Ma's girl. <laughs> yeah. His, his yeah. break is he's working in a band with a big performer who, of course, is on her way out. This is literally I I'm upon more research. I think this is actually just a dramatization of her recording her last album. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, you know, but like but he's already like. I'm so big. She's on her way out. I'm next. Instead of being like, I can play well right now for this. And then my next thing can be really, you know, you know what I mean? Like, he, yeah, I get that. Yeah, for sure. Is, for sure. He is so, he is too big. And it's a shame because it shouldn't be that way. I think it's also a, 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 a part of the a message of the play is that like, it shouldn't be that this young black man with these big dreams cannot achieve those dreams you know, and never will because he's black or whatever. It's that like, you know, his actual flaw is that he is, he is on a train that is, is moving to, you know, he can't, he can't slow it down. You know, this yeah. is kind of what it feels like to me. I mean, we gotta, we gotta talk about this first speech by Chad. So Toledo and Slow Drag kind of come at him for how he talks to like the white dude. You know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, yes, the boss. And then he tells you why he don't fear no white man, you know? And the thing about this story that is so sad is, is yes, it's fictionalized for this play, but this is not a story that is ununique to Blackness in America. You know what I mean? Like, the danger that white men have had to Black women, and there is no repercussions for it to an extent. It doesn't matter if children are there. I mean, again, like, it doesn't even matter if it is a child. Like, we've heard stories about we have heard stories about white men showing up to homes and dragging kids out of the house. And there's nothing that can be done because some of those white men are police. You know what I mean? It's just under their robe, they have their police uniform on, which is a thing. Um, so to hear him tell the story and in such detail, I mean, holding on Chadwick's face. Also, Bray, I think you're right. I think Bray said earlier just about how the director made sure that there was movement, there was action, it didn't feel like just talking. Like, how he handled this monologue, it wasn't just a long hold on Chadwick. Like, Chadwick did get a chance to move around that room. The camera did go around his face. We did, like, lock in as he's... I mean, yo, honestly, I didn't know this play. I did not want him to finish the story. Like, I didn't. I didn't want to hear details of the story. I, yeah. I, and then later on, when he talks about, like, what his mom was saying, I... I and then being oh, eight yeah. and can't do anything. And then literally, man, we read, I don't know, man. We read about these things, his dog. Da his like dad said, his dad said, you're the man of the house before leaving and his mom getting, getting attacked by a gang of white men. Like, yeah. to th and so he feels 
so responsible for this at eight. It's so it's so wild yeah. that that. Uh. Also, this attack happens because this black man again. This this is this is the thing. This his dad again does the right thing. His dad saves up money. His dad raises money. His dad buys a plot yeah, of buys land, land from a person who, like, the husband died, so she, the wife can't take care of it. He buys the land. He nurses the land so that it's able to grow. And the white people in the area who cannot do that are now jealous of him. What is so crazy about the story, if you guys, um, people at home, I guess, suggesting another podcast, but if people listen to the famed New York Times 1619 podcast, they're there is a story about a black man, um, I think from like last year, who of course, his wife wasn't assaulted or anything, but like he has had land for generations, farmland. He's always grown land. His dad has, he has. And as his land became more profitable, the white people in the area stopped letting him get whatever the farming loan is that everyone gets every year. Oh, they yeah. started plotting against his land and then he ended up losing this plot of land. And it's not because he did anything to damage anybody around him. He just was good at his job. That is it. staging them. But, 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 but he was just being he, better he was than just, them. But not, he was just good. It wasn't, it wasn't even like a person being cocky. Like, I, we on the court, you ain't shit. It's like, no, no, no. I have this land. I need to make money, and I am good at growing. Yeah, but you can't have this thriving ass farm. They were told. <laughs> they were told. They were told their whole lives that white people are better than black people, that they're smarter and better. And so here was a black person defying the natural order of things. So they had to put him yeah. in his place. You know, the thing that bothers me about this play, and it's not any fault of the play, and even when you guys watch the thirty minutes afterwards, like Viola Davis talks about it, I am very torn with how black people can make something out of nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they talk about, like, I think at one point, um, uh, Mont Rainey talks about like hog moss and like how, you know, black people were given scraps and made these scraps into like delicacies. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, my family eats chitlins and shit like that. And it's like, it is a delicacy now. We've getting, we were given nothing. We made it great. And I get very bothered that we even have to do that. Like, yeah. even right now, even Bray being like, yo, he had a, he upstaged him. It's like, people think of it as upstage. Like, not saying Bray does, but like, people think yeah. that we are upstaging him by just being good at a thing. And to it even think about, actually, like, Toledo's, uh, Toledo's monologue up top of like, of like, what are we going to do as black people to, to, right. to, to, to do more than just have fun? But what's, what, what, the way that I also thinking about that now a little bit a little bit more, it's like we were we're only allowed to all we're allowed to do is like there's this narrow, especially at this time, not so much now. I mean, you know, they're black. They're more black people in different positions. But like in this time, it's like you better be playing a, a horn like it's like you better just be dancing. dancing. Like that, yeah, man, that's all you can do is have a good Singing time. You know, song. like it's like that's yeah. all we were allowed to do. Ugh. That's it's so because you know what it is. It, it makes me think about I think I brought this up before. I've been thinking about kids a lot and it's making me think about like what what do I teach my kids about the world? I don't, I honestly don't know. Like, I don't know when race should be introduced to them. I don't know when the mechanics of how society would treat them based on how they look comes into play. I don't know if that takes away 
from their innocence at all. But when I think about this, it's like, at the end of the day, our kids, or I'll just I'll say my kids, I want to put y'all in this. Our, or like my kid could be up for the science fair that will get them the scholarship to go to the school. My kid could be up against Brad, who has a very rich dad in the neighborhood. My Brad kid White. could not be, of course, Brad's white. How many black okay, Brads? Right. You know, you know, I mean, I'm saying they're black Brads. I just want okay. to make sure. I'm going to say Brad, Brad, okay? Brad, James, white Brad. Okay, okay thank you. <laughs> Damn. But like, he could be up against a Brad, and like at the end of the day, it's like, my kid just being smart can be seen as upstaging this white kid, which will have repercussions for him that if not prepared for it, he will not know how to address or how to handle. And the thing is, he has done nothing wrong. So at the end of the day, we have to make sure like these kids know they have done nothing wrong, but because they are exceptional in a way, that can be seen as a threat to others. You know what I mean? And that sucks because that is this play was, quote unquote, 1927 when this took place. We are still dealing with some of these same issues in 2020. Like most of the times we make movies, most of the time we team up with production companies. Majority of them are white production companies. <laughs> most of the time we are sharing our creativeness with them, our partnership with them, our ownership with them. And at the end of the day, because we are partnering with these places to gain an upper hand or upper leg, we can have the rug put out from under us if not handled appropriately. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It's the it's the thing Chappelle said in his um in his latest uh special where he's like, what if they're all in on it? Like talking about all <laughs> <Yeah>. the people. <laughs> Like just what yes. if they're all in it? They still doing this shit. They still doing this shit today. I mean, it's uh. still. I mean, yeah, man, it's still happening. And you see this, and you see Ma Rainey at certain points. And I remember Rachel kept saying, um, when Ma Rainey is like, she she makes a big scene about not wanting to start without the coke, you know. And Rachel goes, uh, yeah, if that was white. That coke would have been there. Why was like why was why was there the craft not there? There would have been. Yeah. A cooler of Cokes. There would have just yeah. been a big tub. There would have been too many Cokes. Yes. Yeah, there would have been so many there Cokes. Would have been, there would have been, they, she, she would have opened it and been like, I, no one can drink this many Cokes. <laughs> exactly. And the Why, thing is, why'd you get this many? <laughs> and she makes it known, I drink, I want this every time she I'm here. She had to buy her own Coke. Had to buy her own he Coke. He said he forgot the Coke. <laughs> she came an hour late. What? <laughs> He couldn't remember when he was sitting around doing nothing, waiting for her. And also, most artists <laughs> come late. It's like most music, like working yeah. at MTV and stuff. Most I artists when, come late. <laughs> I love when I loved when she was like, she was like, they they, they keep sitting around here talking. About, I, I've made them so much money. They keep talking about how much money this we recording is costing them. He, and he's like. Yeah, I, I feel like it's. I feel like it can't cost them that much. Of course, it doesn't cost them that much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, "Yo, this is so real." But here's the thing: I'm not even kidding. I was sitting there as an audience member, going, "Oh yeah, I guess it's like it's costing them to throw out those those records." You know, they had to keep redoing one. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I don't know. It's it's adding up these costs." And then when she said <laughs> that, I was like. I was like, oh my God, they got me. They say it costs nothing but 15 cents a record. Like they're about to make they about to make so much money and they're in here counting pennies. Get out of here. <laughs> Everything they spend on her and them is so minuscule with the amount of money. One that she was paid for those records and how much their money they're gonna make. Them paying off the cop is nothing. You know what I mean? Like it. 
Oh my God. There is so much talk right now and music particularly about who owns the masters to a lot of these black artists. And a lot of the time it's not the black people. Um, Trying to make sure I don't get canceled. But I think this (laughs) movie touches on that in an important way where it's like, Ma is doing these things and it looks like she's being difficult, but it's like she is fighting literally for the little minuscule respect points. It's like, I want the Coke. And then it's like, fuck y'all. I got the money. I do it myself. I don't want your money. Get out of my face. Go sit down. You know, wait as I do this. I know, I know this little nigga stutter. He going to get it. Literally, she says he don't stutter all the time. You know what I'm saying? He going to get it right. It technically only took seven times and then they fucked up. So it's not even on, not even on my little man. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, it, it, it's something about man. It's something about ownership of blackness that this movie touches on, and it's something I think because we're in this business of creating art that I keep thinking about more so and more so, like trying to get our art back from people, trying to get our voices back from people, and it's like the controlling of our own blackness feels very important because yeah. the black art and black culture is so important to the world where it's like whether it's style i think about it now talk about these shoes again black people are the ones who made sneakers cool how many black resale sneaker shops exist most of them ain't owned by black people you know what i'm saying like a lot of these hip-hop labels yeah they may have a black person as a front person who's a subsidiary of another label but a black person they don't own that label you know what i mean these labels these people who have saved music the people who still own that art aren't black, even though it's the black art that is saving the business. Like the people who want to partner and make features with black artists because they know blackness sells. It's like, I think about half the time I think about some of these like Instagram celebrities who augment their bodies to look like black women, but that we don't support black women when it comes to these art houses. Like I don't see black women with box braids on uh, magazines, but I will see a white girl with box braids like they fucking invented box braids. Uh, or Tim's I saw literally there was a, uh, now I'm on a tangent please cut me up there was literally <laughs> no keep there was literally white models rocking like butters and they were like oh snap Snapchat is making Tim's cool and I was like have you lost your motherfucking mind you know what I mean it's like literally like I just see no, but they're black making people. Tim's cool uh, now you know what oh. I mean like at this at that precise at that moment yeah. you know like at that moment of seeing them wear it like now it's like now Tim's are cool now all cool. I they do, weren't cool before, man. All yeah. I do and is now see, they're cool. Aside from black men, all I see is the only Tim that was cool before of. was Ugh. Tim Allen. <laughs> I something. <laughs> so, don't do the bark. <laughs> so, oh something in what you just said, Gerard, made me think about just about how <laughs> how strong it is to, to in this play to have these two figures. Ma Rainey, who is like this really big uh, personality who is who is fighting for scraps because her like she's fighting to be treated with respect, the respect that she deserves. And but also just common decency of like of like being taken care of in the way that she asks. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, but because her star is fading. You know, she's not going to she's not going to be looked at as a person of, of of color to be respected. And then Levy, who like isn't even at a place to for uh, for the common people to be like, oh, you're somebody for me to, to look up to. Right. Who's like who's just as big as Ma, 
Mm-hmm. And he, but he, because he hasn't reached a certain level, you know, uh, uh, is like, is, is teaming at the, at the seams to, to, to be big as well. And they both keep butting heads, but neither one of them, you know, have even just come the, the, the common respect that they de- deserve, you know, for mm-hmm. the, the, their, the talents that they have. I think mm-hmm. that's freaking, it's, it's a beautiful thing in the, in the, in the play, the way that they, the way that it's woven together. Yeah. yeah. This, uh, the, the, the God speech, you know, that was, what do you think about that? Well, I, well, I was listening to it and I was like, yeah, this is, you know, it's funny because I, I think like you forget, like, that's one of the first things the, they call it the problem of suffering, which is, well, if God exists, why is there suffering? You know, and any religion, you know, any culture, everyone has to deal with that. Like, why does, why is there suffering in the world? Um, especially if there's a God, you know, and, and other cultures, especially more, um, uh, ancient like religions saw gods as like more wrathful, like even the Christian, even the God of Christianity in the Bible, you know, the old Testament, the Jewish Bible is like a lot more, seems a lot more vengeful. So there's like, Mm. you know, uh, all, all, a lot of suffering and natural disasters or things like that. They're always linked to like the deity, God being Mm. angry or the gods being angry, you know? Um, and it's the only way for people to make sense of it because, you know, like what he said, he was like, my mom believed, you know, like my mom believed in God. I heard her as she, Ugh. as like all these men were surrounding her, she's praying out, Lord, have mercy on me and help me. And, and she, and God did not help her. And how many people have prayed that same prayer who were faithful, who were, you know, good people, like, and it didn't help and they something horrible happened to them or they died or their loved ones died or their you know their children died things like that and like it was like such a perfectly it was just like this speech that like he couldn't cutler couldn't say anything to in the moment you know and it's so filled with that like anger and bitterness and and i and i i don't it's for me i like i don't have I don't fully have an answer to it for me. My, my whole thing has been like, even though I believe in God, I don't believe that God, um, uh, or there's the, it's, it's just free will, I guess. It's like the belief that if, if you believe in free will, then God isn't controlling everyone doing everything. He's not actually, and you know there's what I mean? not going like, to be a force field that's going to come down around you because you're praying for for God, right? Mm. And, and, Grace and mm. people's other people's horrible actions are going to affect those people, and that's why people believe in an afterlife too, which is another thing that's hard because, like, you know, that's what he kept saying. He was like, "Well, you'll you'll burn in hell," but for so many people, it's like, "Well, I don't I don't have time to think about an afterlife because I'm here now, like I'm suffering now, I'm." I'm going through this now, like, and these race of people are going through it now. And it's, it's, I, I think it's like, it's funny because I think in, in certain arenas, uh, Jewish people and black people are like pitted against each other as like 
in in terms of like the suffrage Olympics, like who's who had it worse or things like that. Um, but I do think that like the story, the reason that for for a good amount of Black people, especially in America, the story of Pharaoh and Egypt, like uh, God leading, you know, the Israelites out of Egypt and saving them from Pharaoh, like it resonated with them because they were in bondage, you know, they were in slavery, they were in captivity. They had generations of people that were suffering um, and they were crying out to God. And then God finally, you know, heard their cries and delivered unto them a, a savior who helped, you know, rescue them. Um, and like, and I think that's pe- black Americans saw themselves you know, in that story. But it's so tough because in that same story, you go, okay, that's nice for the people who are finally rescued, but what about all the people that came before them? You know? <laughs> like, what about all those generations of families that lived their entire lives in bondage, that lived their entire lives in suffering? What about the people who were, you know, wandering in the desert, you know, for 40 years? You know, it's just like, there's a lot of, yeah, it's good for that. It's good for them, but what about me? You know, what about now? So I don't know. I mean, it's. I liked how it was presented, like because it's presented from a person who's clearly imperfect, right? Mm-hmm. It's because somebody who's like has a lot of anger and 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 you know he has a certain level of arrogance to him, and then we and then obviously we see at the end he like is capable of like great harm himself. Um, but you also totally understand where he's coming from and you, and you can relate on that human level of like, yeah, why is this happening? You know, like this year is like, and this, I mean, like, you know, I think for us, like we've been relatively lucky, um, in, in terms of like how bad I think it has been for other people. Mm -hmm. But I just think about like how hard this year has been for everyone. and, And for some people really hard um and you go yeah like what you know what what is it what is it for you know that that question always comes up like what what's the meaning of this what is this for why isn't you know why isn't god doing something about this and it and i get it yeah man the thing is levy levy if levy would have made it until 2020 he would have got superpowers you know what i'm saying like that's the thing if he would if he'd have just waited you know, for the Negro Equinox, then like he would have got his superpowers, oh, no. and he would have had to worry but about do, none of these folks. I do, you know think, <laughs> I do think that Levy, if you take Levy and you put him in a different time, things do go better for him, though. I really do think that is I mean, true. Could you, could you imagine being an educated, opinionated black person at a time of the Jim Crow South or just even the height of the civil rights movement? It, it is so fearful because even now, for instance, I think I've experienced certain, you know, things with cops and like, you know, for instance, even even if even if me and Rachel are somewhere and like she will see something happening, right? Or some or or someone says something to me and like she is up in arms with like the rights, the rules, the laws. And I'm like, what you're saying is right, but you do have to understand we're dealing with a person that the more you talk about laws, the more you seem uppity, the more you seem like educated, the worse it's gonna be for me. You know what I mean? Now think about like people at that time who knew their rights, people who were fighting the good fight. I think about like civil rights leaders like Mecker Evers, who 
you know, you know, lost his life at his house, you know, with kids watching. It's like these people did nothing but try to be educated to try to be as smart and as helpful as they could be to other black people. And that just was thrown to the wayside by white folk. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just plainly what it was. And I'm thinking about it in this movie and like, there was points where Ma Rainey was so bold and that I'm like, I can't imagine a black person having this much heart in 1927. You know, when she's yelling back at the cops and almost like bucks at him, I'm like, this seems insane. You know? She exists in a, in this reality where, you know, (laughs) she has worth and just because you are white and a cop, that does not mean (laughs) I can't talk shit to you, you know? Like, I should be able to, if I didn't do anything Mm. wrong, I didn't do anything wrong, you know? Like, (laughs) right. But see, that's so scary because it's like, it takes it takes that exceptionalness. Like, yes, she was that important, but her nephew wasn't. Like, he's yeah, the one who got in an accident. And it's like, if she wasn't there, what would happen to him? Like, no one, like, no one knows that he is the nephew of Ma Rainey. You know what I mean? All they know is this is a young black kid. You know? Technically, that cop didn't know who Ma Rainey was. It was like, mm-hmm. the record producer did. So it's like, no matter how great you are, unless your blackness is so overwhelmingly important, like, you are still just Black. And that Blackness is the thing that can cause you harm. Um, Right. That, man, that sucks. That sucks. I just want to talk about the door and Levy trying to open this door. Was that in the play? Was that in the play, James? I, here's the thing. I don't remember it, but I'm, but, it, it feels makes like something sense. that would be in a play. Yeah, I mean, it feels like the... I think, I think I talked about this on the Fences episode, but, like, it's one of those things that, you know, it's a device that's happening to sort of represent this larger metaphor. Um, right. And, like, and but seeing it, it beca- it's, w- it's way more powerful than just reading it on the page. Like, right. seeing him build the fences and seeing everyone leave him and seeing him being stuck behind fences that he's built up, you're like, oh this man has built up all these walls, et cetera, right? Like seeing, hit, hit, uh, seeing well, Levy. Like, this room changed. This door <laughs> did it, wasn't always here. <laughs> They're like, what are you talking what about? Are you, what are you doing? What are you talking about? He's like, about? That, door was, that door was always there. And he's like, nope. <laughs> and he's trying to Why break do you care so much? He keeps going back. He keeps trying to break down this door. And then when he finally does, he it's, it's just a smaller... <laughs> It's just a smaller alley that's surrounded by walls. It's not even an alley. It's a weird chimney type thing. Yeah, like what, what, like, yeah. But, but it, it's, I, lo- I loved what, seeing it like this in this way. What does that mean to you? To, well, to me, it's like, you know, he's this, exactly all of these things that we've sort of already been talking about with Levy of like, he has all these ambitions, you know, and all he needs to do is break down the door, right? Get to get breakthrough, oh, right? So but then sad. when he fi- when he finally breaks through, <laughs> so there's sad. an insurmountable <laughs> brick wall around him that he still can't get out of. You know, so he's still trapped. No matter how many steps he goes, you know, no matter how many doors right. he breaks down, it was. I loved it. He, you know, like just seeing him 
from that angle of like just this swooping <laughs> wide thing that he would never, he couldn't climb out. He couldn't, you know, or whatever. Um, That's so and sad, that, and man. that I think I, and I think it's this thing that I've been saying too, about like how Levy, I think Levy would always be saying, he would always be saying, I'm going to get my band together. Not even though he could, he in theory could. Yeah. He, he, the ambition is there and the talent is there. Right. But like the whole, the whole time he's saying, I know how to smile in a white man's face and then get him back. But then, you know, or he also always says, like, I'm above, I'm above this. I don't, I don't care about my rainy. I don't need this. Right. But then, but then when, when he's fired and when the, uh, uh, Mr. Sturdivant is like, I'm not going to make your music. So music, he does not have Do another thing. He right. turns against black people. You know what I mean? Like it's like he, which which again is is also you know a larger thing about you know black people and you know it's not so much just Levy, but but you know he no matter how many doors he breaks down because of the way the system is, he's not going to be able to break through. He can't break through. Um, yeah. I loved it. I took it as like like he was both right and wrong at the same time. Like it felt like. He was right. Like that door wasn't always there. Like it went into somewhere that like it looked like they built a new thing. You know what I mean? And he was stuck. And yet, like, it was also like he was wrong because it was like, even though he thought the door, he was like, oh, this door wasn't here. Or I don't know where he thought it led to, but it was like the guy was like, dude, you're stuck. Like you can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right like he couldn't yeah. get out you know like yeah. levy was wrong like levy thought he could get out and he and he couldn't but you're right because there is this other there is this other thing of like if he truly had the confidence that he kept claiming he had like if he truly had the skill and all that like wouldn't he just if he truly had the ability to do what he thought he could do wouldn't he just do it so why would he always what i agree that i don't think he yeah. can either but i he kept talking about it and they were kind of, and, and they were discouraging him. And I don't, not that that was right, but they were also like, I think there was a part of them that was like, would you just shut up and then do it then? Like you keep talking about yeah. this. Like you See, keep telling us you're better than us, then go be better than us. Like you, I, and there's yeah. something from the older generation that was like, you think we haven't tried what you're trying to do? We can't. You can't do it. (laughs) And they almost like like were wishing him to fail, you know, so that he could so that he could be put not just put in his place, but so that they could feel good that they had never achieved the things that he claimed that he could achieve. You know what I mean? There is there is something I, I don't know if that's fully in there, but there is something there that I felt, too, of like, you know, the bitterness that creeps in when you get older and you haven't done the things that you you felt like you could do and so then when you turn around and you see a younger generation claiming they can do it you're like oh you think you know you think you can do this thing like try you're gonna fail you're gonna fall hard on your face life is gonna humble you you'll see why we didn't do the thing that you say you can do before his long speech about about what happened to his mom 
when he's talking about how, I think it's actually even way before that, but he's talking about how like, yo, you don't got to talk to me about the white man. I'm, I've been dealing with the white man. I've been dealing with the white man for 34 years. I've been dealing with the white man. And then when, yeah. they, when he says 34, all of the other guys look at each other and go, oh, like, like yeah, 34 yeah. years. I'm like, <laughs> we've been dealing with white people for a lot longer than you, you know? Right. Um, yeah, that I thought that was great. I thought like, I thought like he was trying, again, I think he was trying to do the things that he knew. Like, as far as he knew, he was coming in today. They were recording the Levy version of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which was the better version. You know, right. they the older blacks shut that down. At the end of the day, he was like, oh, don't worry. Like, they keep asking for me. We're going to record my songs like they promised me. And I am doing the thing. Like, I gave them, I wrote the music. I'm writing the music right now. I don't need to rehearse. And then I'm going to record my songs so they know they like me. Um, I, I, it sucks because, you know, he takes everything out on Toledo and it's, he takes it out on the kindest one. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, you take it out on the kindest one. And it is something, again, to that. It's something. Who had he, a lot of bad luck and thought he was a fool. Yeah, I mean, his <laughs> his conversation about, you know, the woman he loved was ready to give up everything for. And he says a line of, when she went to the church and discovered those things, I thought, Maybe it was my fault that I wasn't enough that she had to go there, you know? And so, like, at every point, this guy thinks everything about him is bad. You know, he's trying his best. You know what I mean? And it just shows you how different lots people have in life. It's like, like, Levy got it at eight. You know, eight fucked up shit happened. Like, for Toledo, Toledo went through life, thought he had the woman of his dreams, and then she was like, no, you're a heathen. And the thing is, out of everybody, he seemed like the less heathenistic out of all of them. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but now, right? <laughs> like, yeah. certainly now he's not. After after losing his the love of his life to, mm-hmm. to that idea, you yeah. know, certainly not a heathen now. But even that, I think that is how I feel like his wife probably treated him after she went to the church is how I feel like people treated me, which is why I have such a, a averse reaction. Sometimes where I feel like church people are looking down on certain folks, like even some of my family members. And I'm like, this shit don't play, this shit don't sit right with me. All right. Um, And I'm looking at this man and I'm like, this changed, this completely changed who this man was, right? Completely affected him, completely took a lot of hope away from him. Um, And then that hope, we saw get taken away from another black guy. And instead of like kind of ushering and comforting the other black kid of like, yo, I know, I see what you're going through. I get what's happening. This is the way it is. He didn't, and then maybe, just maybe that would have gave Levy a little bit of comfort or a little bit of some type of solace so he didn't just lash out like he does at the end. Um, right. and, then he, and then he's asking for help from Cutler. Ah! Stepped on my shoes. You, uh, saw, him, you saw him step on my shoes. As, uh, if, as uh, if that was justification. Yep. That's all he had. That's friend. all he had was those fucking pair of shoes, man. His song, literally, he didn't even agree to sell the songs for five dollars. That white dude just put five dollars in his pocket, and then was like, "Yeah, the songs aren't the right songs, but if you write more, I'm gonna take those too, for the same price." You know what I mean? It's like ah, uh, the level of disrespect. The other thing that in that moment I went, see, he's not Ma Rainey though, because Ma is smart enough to know. You know, yeah. don't get give me back away. my give me my give me back my songs. Take your five dollars. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make this with someone else. 
Like, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah, like he had, there was like a sense of false. There was, there was a false confidence and it, and it wasn't because he did, was, didn't have the talent. Cause I think he did. And I think he had a belief in himself, but he needed somebody else to give him encouragement. Mm-hmm. And they actually made this point earlier on about how, cause he was like, this will, this will play in Harlem and that, but this and that. And like, and, 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 uh, Mr. Stediman or whatever his name was, he's like, he said it was, he said, this is what people need. And he was, and he was like, Ma doesn't care about what white people, like she made her money off of black people. Like mm-hmm. black people love her music, you know? And I don't know if this was connected, but I realized like, oh, Levy needed a black person to go do, you're great. You, mm-hmm. He did. He needed a black. He needed his community to tell him, "You're great. You know, you can do this. Like, yeah. we believe in you." But none of them, like, and again, it was. They, I don't think they were doing it maliciously, and I get where they were coming from because they there was this young dude with all this fervor and like making fun of them, and so they were kind of being defensive and all that stuff. But they never said like no, you really are great. You could make your own band. You know what I mean? You're in Ma Rainey's band now, but, but keep doing what you're doing. So you can do, you know, if he had, Mm. if he had like, if he was able to actually get, believe in himself and have other people believe in the other thing is uh, the, I'm going to take back, believe in himself because I think everyone, (laughs) I actually said this in the, I I feel like I said this when I did the need to fail, like Don Finelli's podcast of like, people talk about like you have confidence in yourself, right? You can, some people have more confidence in themselves than others, but no matter what, at a certain point, if you aren't getting encouragement from anybody else, you're not going to have confidence in yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Everybody's self-confidence is bolstered by other people, you know, uh, validating them at some point in time, you know, sometimes you don't need that much, but you need something, especially in the industry that we're in, especially in the arts or entertainment, mu- you know, music, acting, you know, any of that stuff. Like you need people to go, I like what you're doing. You have, you, this is good. Like you, like you have talent, you have skill, like you're smart. You can, you know, you need people to encourage you. And that's the thing. Like, and I think that's one of the things that's, we don't talk, people don't talk about enough in terms of like how much of an effect racism had. It's like, if you are constantly told that you're, that just because of the color of your skin, you are not as smart. You're not as talented. You're not as this, you're not as that. Like you will start believing that even if you don't believe it, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like even if your soul doesn't believe it, the amount of like people, the amount of media, the amount of like society weighing down on you and then your peers, like the other people in the black community say, saying the same thing, you're going to believe it, you know? Like how can you not? Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of, it's, it's tragic. It's tragic what happens to him. It's tragic what was ha- what's what was happening to Ma even before this. And we, and we're, we know that she's about to go on the decline. It's tragic. Toledo loses his life because of this, all of this, like, um, and all of these guys, it, it's Toledo. just like, you can see it's so sad. Toledo. But, uh, them ending with the white people singing his song, singing, doing Levy's song 
was on, I was baby. just like I was like oh man what a dagger to the heart <laughs> I was like and yeah. it was so dry it was so dry the dude uh, was playing the trumpet you know he wasn't that good like you could uh, like just them slapping the I was just like oh uh, man and this is so Perfection. real it is you know watching this again ownership of black art or blackness, I think, is super important. And I know one of the big stories this year was uh, when Michaela Cole um, got to keep, well, she told the story about how she turned down the million dollars from Netflix because she wanted to own I May Destroy You. And again, she wasn't super rich. Yeah, she had did um, chewing gum. You know, it, it was modest success. But like to hear this black woman say, yeah, I got offered all this money. It was like, nah, I'm gonna take this little, this lesser money because I get to own my shit, my story, my art, who I am. And it's one of those things where, like, now I think, I, I don't know. It, to me, it seems the utmost importance to me because I feel like this year alone, a lot of people didn't know uh, about Juneteenth. A lot of people didn't know. Like, literally, until the podcast 1619 came out, a lot about, like, when slaves actually touched down here in America. And I think there is a very huge part of whitewashing of Blackness. Like, it's just, it just is. Like, our history has been whitewashed. And I think there has to be something that needs to be done for our own ownership. And the thing that's very tricky is I know, like, we're now getting in these positions where we can't create art. But again, we have, like, one Black person at this network, one Black person at this studio who is now in charge of everything. And that's so much pressure for these people to have. But I think the more we control our art and our stories and we can craft it how we want it, it is something about owning your own livelihood. And it is something I think this movie really talks about. I think Ma Rainey discusses it when Ma Rainey does not, Ma Rainey would not have gotten her money if she had not signed that contract. And she said, oh, well, you realize I didn't sign, um, the distribution, I, yeah. that's when you gave me my money. That, that's when you realized there was, a, there was a mistake. Yeah, like that is what it took, is trying to... It's like we constantly got to be trying to outsmart motherfuckers because people are trying to jip us. And it's just like, uh, man, I don't even have shit to say to Hollywood. I just want to talk to us. It's like, man, I don't know how we do it, but someone please let me know how do we own our own story because that shit is so tough. I think about some of the stories that's getting made now and I was, you know... Um, my girlfriend's brother just rewatched Lovecraft Country and I'm like, yo, the show is really good. But also, I'm like, man, this show has so much brutality against black bodies that I'm like, God damn, at the moment, I'm tired of seeing damage to black people. You know, I'm just really tired of seeing black suffrage to racism put on by us by white people. Like, that is so tough. I see it in the news every day. I hear a story about hopefully an exonerated black person who was lied on for doing something to a white person that they didn't do. And they spent 19 to 30 years in jail and hopefully they get some money out of this shit. And it's like, what is it? 70% of black people who are exonerated for um, um, sexual assault are black men for something they did to white women that never existed. It's like, this fact sucks. Like, it is a trash ass fact. So I don't know how we start owning our own livelihood. Please, let's start a Twitter thread. That's what I'm all about for 2021. <laughs> Y'all let me know. It was Gucci. But that's what I took away from this movie, man. That's what that's what Ma Rainey told me. It's like we gotta protect ourselves, our culture, our kids, or our grandkids, or your future kids, or your future, future, future kids, <laughs> or that kid that tried to sell you candy on the um, subway train. You know that candy ain't worth two dollars, but you know what? You gave him two dollars anyway because you wanted to support 
the little league basketball. You Dang, know what I'm saying? Two dollars. Yeah, man. Somebody tried I'd to be get paying a dollar when it was a, when it be a dollar. I'd be doing that sometimes. What you had a dollar? I always paid two dollars. Yeah, it'd be a dollar sometimes. Damn, it be your own people. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's two dollars now. I think. Oh, it's two dollars now. Okay, thank you. Right. James out here ripping the kids off. <laughs> hey, if I give you a dollar, will you still time. give me a reason? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, damn, dude, only because I stole. No, I'm just <laughs> Right. Right. Pray lock. Okay, well, uh, look, I don't do bits anymore at all. But all right, this is just a oh, plea to, to, to theater if it ever comes back. You know, your boy is of age to do an August Wilson play. Wait, are you just pitching yourself? So I'm just letting right people this, know that your boy is Let me is tell you something, Jarrah. I, I, I can guarantee that this is not a bit. Your yeah, boy, this doesn't feel like a bit at all. Yeah, this, 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 this is, this I, is I definitely not do, a bit. I don't do bits anymore, so I just and wanted I, to... James, <laughs> I believe you. This is definitely not a bit. I feel like this is James really... This is very earnest. He's of age, okay? And he can... and he can. You've heard my August Wilson voice. I did oh, it earlier man. in the pod. <laughs> okay. Wait, you mean that pimp voice? That's the that's voice you want to do? um, cast me in an August Wilson play, Okay. Oh, this is wow! This is Are you in the seventies? You're in the seventies. You're selling <laughs> yeah, drugs. That's, that's, that's what's happening. <laughs> you're selling drugs in the seventies. Got Freelock in this. Uh, we rate review movies not based on how much we like it, but whether or not it helped the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood. And we feel like it, it fully helped the cause. We give it a black fist. Someone helped the cause against the white palm. And if we didn't help the cause at all, we don't give it anything. Okay, you guys ready? Count of three. Yep. And the one and the two and the you know what to do. Yeah. Three black fish. I like that. You know do, what do, to do. do. And you know Adopt what that. To do. do that for the rest of the time. I like that. That <laughs> feels good. <laughs> I like that. And you know. Uh, that is Listen, that. I'm going to go real quick. I gave it a black fist because of every single black person and person of color involved in this movie. Ma Rainey is a classic play. I am so happy that it is being seen by the masses um, now. Uh, and I've been such a big fan of, of many of these actors for a long time. So it's really great to see them working together in this way. And I just love, I love August Wilson's uh, uh, language, you know, because the way he's, the way everyone speaks and everything. I love that so much. And I love his storytelling, and I thought that they did a fantastic job of doing it. So I'm just, you know, just I hope little black kids and little and other little people of color see this and go, I want to do that too. That's it. I like that. I mean, I go next. I everything James just said. I, damn, yeah, every, everything James just said. He just said it so so well. I just, damn, James, he ruined it. I. You see it so perfectly. I don't. I don't know what to say after that. <laughs> Damn, I'm, I'm super fine. I'm super fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I gave it a black fist because you got so many incredible actors in this film doing their thing. This is definitely get getting Oscar plays in the in the least effectual Oscars ever. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay though, because it still counts for something. And nah, <laughs> no, this was great. And it's number one on Netflix. I love it. You know, people getting their start. Um, this is or and you know, incredible actors get getting even uh, more prominent roles. I love getting to see these like character, these black character actors who've been in a lot of things but aren't really famous or whatever get to do these kinds of prestigious 
prestigious roles. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. It just feels really nice. Um, anywho, and Viola Davis crushed it. She, she definitely oh my goodness. Did. Are you she, kidding me? She, she I just realized I've seen on. all but one of the Century Cycle. I've seen nine. Wow. Uh, the Century Cycle. That, that's what this play is from. He did a play that takes place in a decade of, in every decade of the last hundred years. Oh, interesting. Uh, so if you, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you rate and review us on iTunes, give us five stars. We'll read your review on the air. Um, I, I don't know if it's just because I don't know what's happening. I, I ain't got, I don't, I don't see any new reviews. Uh, wow. So, so it's like that. To, so it's like to, that. <laughs> so it's like that though. That's that. Uh, yeah. I see how it is. Um, not, not feeling that. Uh, but <laughs> you can follow us. You can follow us at Blackman Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Blackmanpodcast.com is our website. Check out our merch. We got t-shirts. Hey, there, there's a holiday sale. I mean, it, okay, actually, no, wait a minute. It's, it, it's over now, but but that's okay. You know, Christmas has passed, but still, hey, you know, sometimes I forget my Christmas gift and I give it to people as like a New Year's gift, you know? <laughs> sometimes you give it to people you know you're like hey this is two weeks late but like i was thinking about you and they're like okay and you're like it was not my fault you know how bad you know the united states postal service is right now so it's their fault uh, you know just blame it on no i just don't tell them i had them i got them a gift at all <laughs> it's mine now <laughs> <laughs> okay i hope you i hope you don't tell people that that's horrible <laughs> yeah that's yeah <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about you. Um, uh, anyway, um, also, we have a defunct Patreon. Hey, why not? Check it out if you haven't. Throw us $5 yeah, yeah. a month until you, you listen it. to all the episodes. Get off it. That's okay. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's it? it for, oh, uh, you can follow me at John Brelock. You can follow me at James Third Comedy. James Third Comedy. Dot com. Third is 3RD. <laughs> you can follow me at Gerard Milligan on Twitter and Instagram. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Ew, ew, ew.